to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, courtesy of a patron who said this story came out like five minutes after he listened to our show yesterday, how the local laws on elections are giving fodder to the arguments of the people who want to federalize control of the election. So the headline was Kamala calls for federal elections control. And she talks about how what's happening in Texas is a reversion to a previous time where they set their laws intentionally for racist ends. Now, I personally think that may be true and probably is true, but it's really because of partisanship that coincides with race. So if blacks are 90 percent Democrats, the Republicans are going to want to disenfranchise them. And so and I have heard that Republicans are just as bad as Democrats in trying to do whatever kind of election manipulation, gerrymandering or however they do. It's probably different methods because there are different The different methods will result in a skew either way. So uh, they are obviously still pushing the For the People Act, which is H.R. 1, which would it's a congressional, the first congressional bill for this Congress. It would overhaul elections and it would require states like Texas. Well, probably all states to offer automatic and same day voter registration. They would have to drop their tight eligibility requirements for voting by mail. And then there's another Voting Rights Act, this John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. This could put Texas back to the I forget when it was, maybe 2013 that it changed, but it would be back under federal oversight like preemptively. So election laws could not go into effect before the federal government ensured that they wouldn't undermine the voting rights of people of color. This is really going to matter in Texas because like uh, Georgia, they're trying to flip it and they're trying to flip it with either immigration or or like in migration from other states, which is immigration from other states. So with preclearance, the various sets of political maps and voter restrictions have been in the past placed on hold while federal courts uh, have ruled against Texas lawmakers, finding that they intentionally discriminated against voters of color in drawing them up. So, I mean, that to find that it's intentional, I believe it. But, you know, it's I don't think it's any better or worse than what the Democrats do. But ultimately, it's a state issue. It is a state issue. You can't start saying because it affects you, you should be able to centralize control. And I actually another story I have on an unrelated issue points that out, too. Yeah, that's exactly what Stacey Abrams and Kamala and the For the People Act are trying to not do. They're trying to federalize it completely to take away all state control from the elections. Yes, I think that's right. And Stacey Abrams also was in the news saying she supported Joe Manchin's election proposal. So he wants to compromise, I guess. And there's some things that are good. Some things are bad. She says that what she likes about it is that it will create standards that do not uh, vary from state to state. Manchin favors the uh, H.R. 1's expansion of early voting 
and ban on partisan gerrymandering. But he also wants federally mandated voter ID requirements. He wants greater flexibility for state officials to remove voters from voter rolls. Like those are things that would kind of appeal to the Republican side. The problem isn't that it appeals to left or right. The problem is that this is a federal elections law and I, I'm not down with that. But they do explain that um, only that there's already a dozen states that don't require IDs for most voters. So this would actually be stricter in that way. Uh, Some states allow for sworn statements to serve as substitutes of ID. Manchin says that he would consider using like utility bills, but it's not crystal clear. He wants to make election day a public holiday. He wants to mandate 15 consecutive days of early voting and allow for automatic registration through the DMV, which I'm not a fan of. He uh, he doesn't talk about no excuse absentee voting, but which is in H.R. one. But after that, Stacey Abrams sent out an email from Fair Fight saying that Manchin's proposal is a first but not a final step. It's a positive building block, but it doesn't do enough to protect voters and election workers who are under unprecedented attack. Ridiculous. It doesn't support voting by mail. She doesn't like that. It doesn't have adequate polling location access, but it is a building block to getting uh, some good done. She she has such weird grammar. She's she like, does you know, speak that's weird, a, doesn't that's she? That's a native good, getting good done. It's very, I'm sure, intentional. Anyway, she says, so we'll start here, but we have to keep the pressure on. And that is similar language to how they pushed through Obamacare. They would say, this is, this is a Trojan horse. Like, we're telling you right now, you want single-payer health care, we're doing it this way first. Now, that was a beta and switch of a different kind. Like, that was a boon for big pharma and insurance companies and all that, I think. Uh, it's, but we will, I assume, get single payer healthcare eventually as Obamacare starts to disintegrate. But, and, and something just came across the Supreme Court right now, uh, allowing, I think it allowed an Obamacare case to, to go through. I don't know, but it's still being adjudicated. And if it gets overturned at this point, I assume that it will give way to just single payer. Like it'll be the worst, it'll be the worst. Stacey Abrams has never in her life said, this is the final step. This is what we ultimately wanted to achieve. It's always, this is the compromise. It still really sucks, but it's better than that really racist thing that we had before. And it's so clear that she had to lose Georgia. Like, I I think even... She wishes there was more voter fraud. She wishes she lost by less, you know, because it would have been more valid as her like it's hard to believe it got stolen she lost by so like tens of thousands of votes and there was no really credible allegation of voter fraud whereas the presidential election that she says isn't a problem was narrower and had more evidence of fraud absolutely she needs racism because pointing out racism is what her entire political career is based on so she has to manifest it if she can't find real examples of it and something you said about the automatic registration thing what if you don't want to be registered to vote you can you can opt out but it automatically registers you and the problem out here is in california you have 30 days to get a license You have to, even if you're just spending the summer here or whatever, you can't drive if you're going to be here for more than 30 days. So immigrants and like exchange students, au pairs, they get a driver's license at the DMV and the DMV registers them to vote. Yeah. And these are people who are not, you're allowed to get a driver's license when you're not allowed to vote and they automatically. So 
that this that is a terrible thing because that absolutely registers ineligible voters to vote at a government office. So it's highly like you couldn't get a you couldn't get you, if you went to get a, a driver's license, they don't automatically opt you into getting a passport and send you a passport to your house. You know, that's interesting. If they did it, if they did it for a passport, I, I that'd be okay because you have to be a citizen to get a passport. So, so there was one Supreme Court story that I noticed, and it was exactly what I knew. What, what I actually it was the example I used back when. So what happened was DOMA, the Dep- Defense of Marriage Act, was pushed through by Republican legislature, and Clinton signed it. So it was a it, he did that. So it was it was wrong. It's a complete violation of the Tenth Amendment. It was pushed in by Republicans who appealed to the Republican base by saying, we're going to basically ban gay marriage in this country. It's totally out of there. It's just like Roe versus Wade. It, it, it requires it, it forbids bans on abortion. It's that is Tenth Amendment stuff. It is reserved to the states. It's called the police powers. It's health, welfare, education. It's all at the state level. So that was a totally unconstitutional law. And the way it was overturned was a gay couple wanted to get married and I or couldn't have uh, because of estate issues and I don't know what. So it got turned it got overturned. But instead of just overturning DOMA, they said it was uh, they forbid states from banning gay marriage like Roe versus Wade. It was overreach and it was teed up by overreach by Republicans. And I said, here's the problem with when you bring it to the federal level. It doesn't you don't get to just say if you want to get married and you're gay, it's fine. We allow that. Then all of a sudden you get protected status. So they never say you may treat people equally in that way. They always say you must. And I used the example. I said, what's going to happen is you're going to have Catholic adoption agencies that do not want to consider same sex couples for adoption. And the government's going to say you must. So in Philadelphia, I believe it was Philadelphia. They were the government was not allowing Catholic adoption agencies to participate in the adoption pool because they were not allowing gay couples to adopt the kids that they had. So. And I absolutely knew this was going to happen. So but the Supreme. So the Catholic adoption agency sued because they they said, I guess it was a it's a first amendment issue. So I assume it was like a violation of religion. And the Supreme court said that actually Philly cannot block the Catholic adoption agency from participating, which I was very surprised at. Interesting. That reminds me of another story that that's in the news about the Colorado Baker guy who's getting fined for refusing to make a cake for a transgender Still? woman. It's back Gosh, in the that, news. It's wow. interesting that it comes in the news at the same time as this, this court case. Yeah, I can't believe it. But I, this, so here's the problem. This is this is the thing. It gets insanely divisive because instead of just having a free society where you err on the side of freedom, yes, you can get married if you want to. It's none of our business. And yes, you can have private rules on uh, who your clients for your adoption agency are. Like there's just freedom there. But when and no conflict because you get to do whatever you want and you don't require other people to do it. When you make it so that this issue is an all or nothing thing. You get a lot of conflicts because gay people are like, I don't want to be banned from marriage. And the Catholic adoption agency said, I don't want to have to include uh, married gay people 
then all of a sudden you have to decide what's right for everyone and half the people aren't going to like it. And there's no reason for that. That's what the Tenth Amendment is for. Then move to California. I mean, yeah. I, I understand moving is not really right. You have a homestead. You don't want to have to move. Always err on the side of liberty. But this, where you make it federal, there is no place to go. And and it's an it's relevant today in another way in that. So Doma had overreach, and people were like, "Well, it's worth it. It's worth it because I care about this issue. Anything, anything. This issue." Do or die. That's what they're doing in Florida for the vaccine. Like they're saying private company, private businesses can't require proof of vaccine. I believe that was the last I heard out of Florida. And, I, and I'm like, that's a violation of private property rights. You should not be able to do that. And, and everyone's still totally into it because, of course, that's what they want. We're desperate. Right. But I anticipated that would be the beginning of a slippery slope. DeSantis will be gone. And his legacy of having the power to control that will be left behind and and the next guy might not rule the way you want him to rule. And I think Legal Man actually said if you dig into the law in Florida, it actually does open the door for that. And uh, we are going to talk to him in July. So let's be sure to talk to him about that, because this kind of I, I'm always a fan of absolute private property rights and subsidiarity. So you should your private property is your private property and any laws that can be addressed at the very local level should be addressed at the very local level before they're what I call upsourced to the higher levels. And th- this issue touches on all of those. You make a great point uh, themed around that whole story that do or die breeds conflict, just like in the news. Remove all nuance, polarize the positions, and you guarantee the public will continue fighting with each other. Absolutely. And then you've got a whole whole host of psyops and dialectics that you can bring down on the population when everyone feels like everyone else's business is their business. Everything is bigger. Everything across any as soon as something crosses the border, then every you know, we can't have local laws because guns are are portable. And, um, you know, now you have pandemic. The microbe is portable. So you have to care about international law all of a sudden. Exactly. So the reporting today that I saw on CBS. This has happened like three times now. We've recorded a Rockfin video where we've deconstructed a CFR, Council on Foreign Relations panel discussion, and then the next day or the couple days later, I see exactly that subject in the news on CBS or CNN. Like clockwork, and it's the Happens same talking points. Unbelievable. All the time. Yeah. I've noticed it so many times with, with um, adolescents. Tar- the two last ones were targeting adolescents for vax propaganda and targeting people of color with facts propaganda like the minute you found this new initiative launched by them and they're like 10 person zoom youtube or whatever it it just i hear the like the same phrasing and everything yeah it removes all doubt about whether or not the talking points are coming from the top and here's what i saw today it's a conspiracy to propagandize for the agenda and it's in their own words proof positive no question about it Absolutely. So CBS was talking today about the media coverage of the lab leak theory and how everyone in the mainstream media got it so wrong before when they claimed that the lab leak theory had been debunked originally. So that that was what they were talking about. They were making this admission and talking about what they were going to be doing moving forward. And 
Here's the gist of the story. They were basically saying we all got it wrong before, and the reason we got it wrong is because we were just reporting what the consensus belief was at that time. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of information. The the scientists didn't really know. The experts didn't really know. And we just didn't want to go along with what Donald Trump was implying, which was that it was an intentional leak. Therefore, we claimed it was debunked when it really was not debunked at all. Now, we're not saying that it's definitely came from there. We're just saying that it was never debunked. And the way that news organizations are correcting this story is that instead of putting a little disclaimer at the bottom, what they're actually doing here to correct this wrong is they're going back and completely changing the old stories, changing the headlines, rewriting them. And there's a couple of interesting things about this. One, the rewriting aspect of it is they're removing the record from history wow. that they got it wrong, which means it's going to be harder for you to point wow. to their lies and disinformation. And they're going to justify it by saying, well, because we need to build and maintain trust in our media, because we're in a war of disinformation, we must correct completely these lies that we told in the past. Talk about COVID-1984. Absolutely. I mean, it's wow. crazy. Rewriting Memo the stories. Rehole. That is crazy and presenting that as a good thing i don't have enough storage on my laptop to save all these articles i know and and they will not they'll scrub it from the wayback machine eventually and it'll be hard to find like it never happened so that is not a good thing and the other thing that was interesting about this as i mentioned this exact question was addressed in this cfr panel discussion that we deconstructed last night and we're still processing videos they'll be out in the coming weeks but the way that this question Question, this issue was raised during the panel discussion was same thing. We got it so wrong before about the lab leak theory, claiming that it was debunked. What and they were talking about it in the context of how local journalists should report on domestic terrorism. And they said, because we got this wrong, this pre-bunking of the lab leak theory, should we refrain from actively pre-bunking or actively making declarations about domestic terrorism before the story has actually been fleshed out and all the evidence has come in? And the answer was absolutely not. You should not refrain from it. You should continue to be activist instead of journalist. And that, that's what it boils down to. They told them, no, do not wait for the, the facts to come out. Do not be journalists. Continue to be activists, warning people that people in your local community are racist, even without evidence. It is the perfect example of facts are facts, but truth is truth. Yeah. I mean, it's really about and, and it's getting through. I mean, I talk to kids especially out here i try to like keep my finger on the pulse of the igen <laughs> and the way they they respond so what if you start like bettering them in the logic thing if you just talk to them they're ready for it and they just start calling you names they're programmed man it's they're crazy ready for it. it triggers them and they're just like Oh, it's just like that little kid in the sandbox when I was having a great time playing with some, you know, I was there with my kids and there was a little girl there had like, you know, a shovel. I was just helping her and we were talking, talking, talking. And I said something like, you know, I can't remember exactly, but like, do you always talk to strangers? And she's like, oh, I never talk to strangers. My mommy says never talk to strangers. I said, well, I'm a stranger. And she just 
literally dropped her thing and just ran totally terrified to her mother, which was fine. But she just needed to know what a stranger was. She was fucking talking to a stranger, which is fine. I don't really care about that. If the mom's there, like, is the kid walking around the street by herself? Then that's the problem. But so she was triggered when she realized I was a stranger, like she had to run away. And like, if you say something like, well, I don't think the evidence is in on mask usage. I mean, then it's just like, holy shit. And, and it's true. And I don't know if I told you this, but other people who have teens or whatever have said the exact same thing. You guys are a bunch of Republicans. It is brainwashing at its finest to create these nodes in people's brains by repeating the information to where it literally shuts down their ability to critically think and triggers those overwhelming emotions. And the association, if you don't wear a mask and now it's like now they flip the script, but it was for a while. If you don't wear a mask, you're a Republican. Yeah. I mean, you're a Republican and that's what they are saying. Like, that's it. But now if you don't wear a mask, you've been vaccinated. So now it's right. That just started June 15th here. Yeah. So right. now if you wear a mask, you're a Republican. Well, yes, exactly. And just when you thought this mask propaganda might die down a little bit, the Ad Council, which was formerly a war propaganda agency with the term propaganda in its title back in World War II before it became the Ad Agency, they partnered with the CDC to launch a new campaign to encourage Americans to mask up until you're vaccinated. Today, trending on Twitter, there was a song and dance video that was put out there by that jolly British late night show host. I can't remember his name and some pop singer. Oh, Rob Corddry? No. What's No, his name? not him. Corden? I can't remember the guy's name. Corden? Yes, that James guy. Corden. James Corden. And he's singing and dancing with Ariana Grande, I think it was. And it's all about masking. And I know what that's from because I read the ad council press release about just this thing. And they multi-million dollar mask up campaign that they're putting on here. To Now? Yes. They just launched it yesterday. And this video Dude. we see on Twitter is from this propaganda, war propaganda campaign agency. I'm going to make a terrible prediction. I predict that there is a spike in in cancer uh, people. I, this I, I'm not going to predict anything. I have observed more than once in a short amount of time someone getting diagnosed with cancer and dying immediately. I don't yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but that is definitely going to happen. And they're going to say that the spike is because last year was a trough. But I think it's a spike because of our policies. I, you could very well be right on that. Yeah. Here's from the press release that was put out yesterday. This campaign, mask up campaign, is targeting those who are vaccine hesitant, which I find interesting because most people who are vaccine hesitant aren't also like, I need to wear a mask. They're usually not wearing masks also already. So I think this is more really directed at causing the conflict of it. But it said the Ad Council, in collaboration with the CDC, are launching a series of public service announcements emphasizing the importance of wearing that mask oh. until you're vaccinated. And okay. the grant is supported by the Rockefeller Foundation. Okay, I get it. I know what this is. So they want to increase the pressure on masking if you're vaccinated and not of masking until you're vaccinated and not masking 
when you're vaccinated. So they want to make sure that unvaccinated people don't get away with not wearing a mask. They want them to be ostracized. They want the people around them who are vaccinated to resent them for getting that privilege that they earned by getting the jab. I think you've nailed it, Monica, on that one there. The PSAs are going to be using a combination of humor, sports, and social gatherings to encourage. So they're going to be showing, look at the social gatherings you're allowed to do to encourage Americans to continue wearing those masks until they continue, until they get vaccinated. And again, the Rockefeller Foundation is behind this, and they're going to be using NBA stars, pop stars, as we saw on Twitter today, television shows. They're going the full gamut here. And top trend on Twitter. Twitter today was one of these ads. Really? Yeah. So, so I, I'm not crystal clear on this. Everybody's vaccinated, but you, you should wear a mask, but why? I mean, because there are some unvaccinated people who are, are immune compromised and they can't get a vaccine and you're trying to protect them. I mean, but don't they just wear a mask then? But you're and what if you're like not in a room with it? If you just ask around, like, is anybody here? So everybody in your room, there's like six people in a conference room. Five of them are vaccinated. One is not. Yeah. Why does that one person have to wear a mask? So all the other people in the room can recognize the unvaccinated person. (laughs) But what is their scientific reason? I think that goes like this, follow the science. I think that's their scientific justification. They, they give no scientific justification here. I mean, they, this is a bunch of ad agency people saying, yes, we really need to get America to to know how they must continue to stay safe until they get vaccinated. But the, but the person who chooses not to get vaccinated is the only person at risk in that room. And what <laughs> if that person had COVID and has the antibodies? Because out here, like you don't, you don't get a pass from that rule, even if you have stronger resistance than a vaccinated person, because there's more vaccine breakthrough cases than getting COVID twice cases. I believe you're seeking to find the logical. Sorry. In sorry. The illogical. Sorry. <laughs> Is that my bad? It's a great bad. question that they'll never, ever answer. And in the same fashion, New York, the whole state of New York is celebrating the 70% threshold mark that they have reached in getting the first vaccination shot, which I find interesting. So they opened everything up after they reached that 70% threshold of people getting the first shot. Why would they do that if you have to get both shots? If that's their logic that you have to get both shots to be fully fully protected, why would you open up after the first one? And to celebrate, they had all across the state fireworks shows at the major landmarks all across the state, and they lit up the Empire State Building and like every major landmark in New York State. Governor Cuomo, he announced this order. This is absolutely absolutely absurd. And when you think about the parade they're going to be doing for the frontline workers, which is real frontline workers aren't going to be involved in this parade. Propagandists on TikTok who are pretending to be frontline workers or whatever will be the ones featured. This is a celebration of propaganda and insanity. Yep. I'm with you there. Before we get to our final story of the free 30, which is Going to be about, well, I'm going to tell you about a newly published long-haul COVID study that will blow your mind, Monica, but for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Oh, ouch. 
But before we get to that, (laughs) it might be a little painful, actually. But before we do get to that, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the Patreon 15, which is former NBA star Charles Barkley says that he's the victim of cancel culture. I'll tell you why. And evidence of vaccine injuries from the past may be a clue to what's happening today. And of course, I want to thank our sponsor of today's show. Monica, I'm going to let you take this away because your pronunciation is so beautiful. (laughs) Well, our sponsor of today's show is government-scam.com slash Monica. They are the wonderful people who bring you. You heard our interview with Etienne Zlebuetzi squared. You've also heard him on James Corbett. You can find all that stuff on the website. They, they have three books right now that they are uh, selling. Actually, they have a lot of stuff, but... Right now, I want to tell you about one thing, which is the original book that we talked about, The Government, uh, The Greatest Scam in History, is it's like a coffee table book. We've talked about it before. It's for virtual learners. And there are a couple of really great sections. Some show how there are pictures of every single like presidential candidate, whoever's going to win, always I mean, picture after picture of them in a photo op with like a halo around their head. Just by coincidence, it doesn't, it's not, it's like the sun or whatever, but that this framing is just over time. It cannot be an accident. It also talks about, uh, it's great because it has events, it has future um, like calls to action and stuff. It's really a great book. The, the way these guys did it, and Larkin Rose has some stuff on there too, it's just it's it's very professional. It's very systematic. It's almost using their the tactics of the people who are trying to manipulate the world. Like use those very like the visual virtual learners, visual learners, and stuff. Like they're just trying to what you would call get you know reach people where they are. But the one thing that keeps coming up over and over again is they have these comparisons of Nazi Germany, East Germany, and the USSR and the US. And it's not just, well, they all have like white in their flags or whatever. So it's not like that. It's how they do it, how the how the salutes are. Like salutes used to be similar. Like they, we changed to put our hand over our hearts, but we used to do the straight out, like hail the flag kind of thing. And as as the lockdown has happened, so I have a teen who may who will remain nameless, whom I know, who loves this book. And every time like something crazy happens, such as lockdown or show me your vax papers or, you, you know, you can't go only certain people can go out at certain times or you have to stand in line to get into the store. Like every single time it's like, yeah, it's that book. It's that book. It's in that book. You see it in that book. It's worse. And every time I ask the question, oh, really? Like, tell me more. You got to reread the book. So, man, does it work? Because this kid read that book like once and it just speaks to him every time you see one of these totalitarian events. So I think it's an eye opener. I mean, it is a red pill. I've gotten many people have bought it. They He wants you to buy it in like five packs and give them to people. And I've had many people email me that it is a service to be able to get these books and hand them out. So it is really a service and uh, I highly recommend you check it out. And then there are a lot of resources on the website that you can click through. So it's government-scam.com slash Monica for discounts and really everything. There's more I'll tell you about next time. 
it is a fantastic book. Check it out. And I also want to ask y'all to, to do me a favor and to head over to the properport.com and register your email address there so that we can include you in our low volume mailing list. Once a month, Monica has been putting together these fantastic newsletters that have a lot of great information and links in there. This is important because the big tech purge is real, as you know, and we've been censored before and it's only a matter of time before it happens again, which is why we're building our email list so that we can stay in contact with you and get important information to you in the event that we do get deplatformed again. But that's not the only perk of signing up. When you register your email address at thepropreport.com, you will get access to this newsletter feature, which you will find is an overview of all of our content that we produce that month. Book recommendations, photos from meetups, stuff like that, maybe information about upcoming meetups. While you're there at thepropreport.com, what you can also do is you can check out a cool feature we have called the Press Pool. The Press Pool is kind of like an alternative to Twitter where you will find like-minded Propaganda Report listeners sharing headlines and commentary with each other and we have a very engaged community check that out you can also check out our continuous player if you're like my brother and he's a mechanic he just likes to play episode after episode you can do that as well if you like to do the same propreport.com check it out now on to the final story of the free 30 okay monica are you ready i'm ready you're gonna blow my mind the study here is gonna blow your mind at the audacity of it i believe A newly released study by Fair Health, and that's important, found that a fifth of asymptomatic COVID patients develop long-haul COVID. What is long-haul COVID? Do you have that handy? I do. Long-haul COVID is defined as persistent symptoms that begin to occur after 30 days of diagnosis, which which I find interesting that that is the marker that they use for that. And many it took I will, me 30 days to get through the sickness, 14 days respiratory and then 14 days it like was in my guts. And yeah. uh, to this day, I don't think my taste buds have fully recovered. Well, that, that's what it's the it's a mysterious effect of COVID, they say, that they still haven't really pinned down because there's a variety well, of different symptoms and it can and it persists for a while. I think that this I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. I'm actually I have uh, links and stuff to videos, whatever, where I think that the whole thing is getting those spike proteins into you and they have. So COVID itself, whatever the hell it is, and the vaccine and that thing has very long term uh, potential to damage or change you the spike protein is is not going to just work instantly it may it may have long-term effects i i'm i'm beginning to believe that yeah the only definition they actually give for long COVID in the study is symptoms of the disease that persist more than four weeks after initial diagnosis and we know that symptoms of the disease as a pretty broad category oh yeah that's true yeah yeah yeah. as i say so it's 19 percent is the actual number and fair health what they are they're an independent nonprofit organization that collects privately billed health insurance claims and what they do is they provide actionable data to healthcare stakeholders and their data products are used to support laws and regulation regulations as well as shape healthcare policy that's important to remember uh for the the punchline of the story here but here here is what here's what their key findings were. They first of all they studied millions of claims of the healthcare claims. This is the largest study ever done into long haul COVID ever. So there's wow. a lot of credibility here. 
Key findings, 19% found the symptoms consistent a month after their initial diagnosis. And then they, the symptoms that they found, the most frequent symptoms complained about were intestinal issues, high cholesterol, cardiac inflammation, mental symptoms, anxiety, depression, adjustment disorder, tick disorders. Those are the main symptoms that people found, right? You know, all things that can be explained by nothing else but COVID, as we know. But uh, those things are also things people are reporting from the vaccine. Bingo. I I knew because you've been talking about that a lot. And that's exactly what the first thing that pops in my head was. These are likely vaccinated people they're studying. In fact, we'll find out here in a moment that they are vaccinated. No way. I it it would seem that they're vaccinated people by the way that they talk about. They don't actually give you. Yeah, I hear you. And so here's the kicker of this long study that presents the credibility of the study. Biggest ever. Here are the symptoms people are experiencing. They don't know why. It's long COVID. And at the very end of this study, and mind you, this study was promoted on Drudge, on Daily Mail, on Yahoo News, a headline story that lends credibility to the problems of long COVID. If you're asymptomatic, you might not be out. You might be in trouble. You might need to get a vaccine. Actually, this is targeting unvaccinated people, telling them to go get the vaccine. That just dawned on me by presenting the study the way that they do. Right instilling fear and the kicker says the biggest drawback of the new study biggest drawback is that it lacks a control group of people who never got covid which would help determine the extent of which covid caused the conditions as opposed to being coincidental that's that's a bit of an understatement wait say it again they said the biggest drawback is that there's no control group of people who never got covid so then how is that a study it's not that that's the whole thing. This thing is presented as this big study with these important findings that's insane. from this third party organization with so much credibility. And then at the end of it, they say, yeah, this isn't really a study. This is just a bunch of symptoms that we said is long haul COVID and then was blasted all over the news as a breaking headline news story. <laughs> and they had it. This is another. Wow. Drawback. Yes. It, so I mean, it's, it's crazy. Fear propaganda for getting the vaccine. And they can't. They and obviously they knew what the outcome would be if they absolutely had a trial, a they predetermined trial. it. Yes. And what this is interesting to me about really interesting to me about is this is what Edward Bernays called a third party or front organization tactic as a way to push your agenda. In that what you do is you create or establish a third party independent nonprofit, which is exactly what this is, and you create it so that it creates transparency and credibility. And then you filter studies and science through these organizations into the news to create breaking headline news that is then spread across the country to then justify the policies and agendas, which the data, the data quote that they found is used as the justification for. That's exactly what this is do you know who who fair health really is yeah i looked at fair health is what is it fair health so they were created in 2009 i I believe governor cuomo created them actually really he he helped create them because they were created in response to a health insurance group united health group settling lawsuits for not paying out a network for not paying out of network benefits and they were created to be a third party independent source that created a nationwide database for consumer reimbursement so 
And, it, and does the government pay for it? Somebody's paying for it. Well, it's funded by United that United Healthcare group that had to pay out all those things and a couple of other health insurance groups. And it looks like an insurance uh, it's not, it looks like it's by insurance companies because it's just yes it is it insurance. is insurance companies and they promote that what they do on their website like their main thing is that they create data products that are their independent source that creates data products that are used to help shape healthcare policy around the country and and this is just fabricated data completely fabricated data from a a, a so they're just trying to sell the vaccine. That's exactly what they're trying to do. And this is how elaborate that these back. things work. Yeah, so the government, this is what drives me crazy about the whole thing. We're way over. We got to go. But I know. I'm sorry. I went a little, no, got a little carried away today. It's <laughs> fine. I mean, because we try not to like focus on the COVID stuff all the time, but it's oh, there's so much of it. So when we do get into it, we're going to really get into it. But the, that they're, they take the tax money, right? So they, they print money and they steal the money and then they give it to, then they, they use their force to make you get a vaccine or get health care and they disconnect the cost of it from your decision-making policy because that may, so that makes it easier to get you to do it. And then they give that money that they stole from you and forced you. So they, they take your money at the point of a gun. And then in order to justify giving it to the insurance companies and big pharma, they have to get you to show up and quote, buy it for free. Yeah. So you paid for it already and they need to get you to, you know, it's just a, it's just a twisted system. It's, it's a, completely it twisted. And this is just a perfect illustration of this type of manipulation. Anytime you see a study, you think about this and look at it. It's a commonly used tactic. And one of the things they do promote on their website is that they create actionable data, actionable data for healthcare stakeholders. I would replace that with they fabricate actionable data. I was data gonna say emphasize create. Exactly. Not not accumulate. Not, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? They literally create it. Anyway, that's that is crazy. Uh, I do want to give a shout out. Oh, by the way, a couple of things from yesterday's shout out. I did create a honey badger cocktail that I'm very, very proud of. Very proud of. It is for this, uh, the Minneapolis mayoral candidate who's that kind of libertarian. You know what I'm All saying? Right. Yeah. And he, so they're having an event that you can go to. Let me see if I, if I have the, it is honeybadgerformayor.com slash events. That's coming up at the end of the month. And the, what I created was a, it's like a whiskey sour, but made with honey instead of sugar. And I tracked down these really awesome, super hot bitters, which are worth buying just for the occasion. But if you are in that area, they are going to this is going to be their signature drink, I think, if they like it. And so you can check that out. I'm also going to be at Freedom Fest, freedomfest.com. I'm going to host the second stage. So I'm going to be there. Hopefully I'll meet people, have great interviews with people. Maybe we'll come off of that. But it's going to be three, four days in South Dakota, which you might want to check out as a place to bug out to. Frankly, that's why it's there, because it's one of the freer states. And I'm going to be there just unencumbered. The elusive Mr. Perez who accompanied me to Childerberg. Don't tell him, but he's <laughs> I had to leave. You know, I couldn't like hang out the whole time because we had other things to do. But I am going to be at Freedom Fest for like four days straight. So if you're going, let me know. If you're a patron, the best way is just to message me. I check my Patreon messages every day. And I will now go to a shout out for Shannon 
who lives in Vegas and we'd like to meet up with him and his gorgeous wife at the first opportunity. I want to do a meetup out there. So uh, I'm happy to read Shannon's latest shout out. I've said it before. Shout out to Monica and Brad for keeping me sane and building a community of sanity. That is what keeps us going, too, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hotel in Vegas is the only one making non-vaxxers still wear the mask, hoping we can be persuaded. Without <laughs> this group, meaning us, I would have lost my mind by now. Thank you to all of us in the Propaganda Report community. So, Shannon, thank you right back. You Keep us going as well. And with that, uh, one thing we did not tease to in the patron 15, but I'm going to just hashtag it right now. McCarthyism rising and not in a good way. All right. Fantastic. And you do have a drink request from Stella. She wants you to create a cocktail. And this is a reference to yesterday's show called Mouse Space Sperm. So get to working on that. I am definitely not doing that, but... uh, (laughs) I love the idea. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we've been telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to y'all in the Patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 